Hello, interview listeners. Your host, Jill, here with a quick reminder. This podcast is intended for spiritual, intuitive, and artistic conversations. It shouldn't be substituted for appropriate medical, psychological, or veterinary care. I'm not a healthcare professional, nor do I offer medical, psychological, or veterinary advice. The topics discussed on this show span intuitive awareness for people and animals, as well as spiritual understanding for personal development. Please seek medical, mental health, or veterinary help if you need to. Thank you. Now, on to the show. Hello, inner you. Can you hear spirit calling? I'm Jill, and this is my artistically intuitive podcast, where all things mystical creatively mix and mingle. As a holistic teacher and pet portrait artist, we'll talk about everything from art to angels, Reiki to earth wisdom, and the psychic nudges only our soul knows. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started on this spiritual journey together. Hey, hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Hello, Inner You. Today, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about TV shows, specifically the ones that we watched as kids. I'm going to share two episodes from two TV shows that I watched as a kid and reflect about what that means, like what the messages of the storylines and the characters taught me as I was watching them because they've stuck with me my whole life. And I just really want to jump into that. And also think about the TV shows that you watched as a kid that helped you to touch back with who you really were at that time, you know, that inner you and reflecting on what the messages meant as a child and also maybe have stuck with you as an adult. So yeah, let's just dive right into the first TV show, The Brady Bunch. You may know this show, you may not, you should. It's a classic and it's amazing. And yeah, it's schmaltzy and silly, but so what? It's awesome. And it's about two people who get married, Carol and Mike, and they have three kids of their own. There's a whole song about it. You can check it out. And so they get together under one roof and have the most amazing Jack and Jill bathroom for the kids. But I digress. Anyway, he's an architect. And along for the ride is Alice, the housekeeper. And they have a dog and a cat. And they are all this fantastic sort of blended family who is just trying to figure it out, you know, just trying to figure it out in this in the late 70s about how to get along. So we're going to reflect about uh, Aunt Jenny. She is a character who comes inside saddle in an episode and takes everybody by surprise. So who is Aunt Jenny? So yeah, we begin the scene right away in the attic. And here we have Carol, Alice, Marsha, Jan, and Cindy. And uh, you'll figure out who's who in a second. They are the kids, and then Carol's the mom, and Alice is the housekeeper, obviously. So they're in the attic cleaning out boxes, because that's what you did in the 70s. You cleaned. You had chores. 
I remember this very well. So they're in there going through the boxes and chattering away and they have their little handkerchiefs on their heads, you know, and I probably was wearing one at the time, the little triangle bandana to keep the dust out of your hair, but also it was a fashion statement, you know, still is. So they're in there and Jan, the middle child, pulls out a picture and in the picture, it looks like her. It's a girl in braids, but it's black and white sort of sepia photo and Jan is like completely gripped and the girls are like and I'm going to be doing some impressions here so just stick with me the girls are like Jan did you find something and Jan is like yeah and she's just glued in on this picture again this girl in the photo looks just like her at the age that she currently is and she turns to her mom and she's like mom is this me and Carol is like no, that's your Aunt Jenny, my Aunt Jenny. Yeah, she is amazingly similar to how you look now. And like, it's this whole big revelation of they're so, so alike. It's crazy. And how did anyone not know this beforehand? But yeah, like this is this huge moment in the attic and everyone is just now clumped together. Alice is like, wow. And they're staring at this photo So the girls want to know, well, who's Aunt Jenny? And Carol kind of tries to sum up who this amazing person is, but she doesn't really know quite how to do it. She's like, I I just can't describe her. She's so amazing. She's so incredible. She travels. She's well-read. She's an artist. She's really like super cool beans. And the girls are like, wow. And Marsha, the oldest sibling, is like, wow, Jan, that's amazing. And Cindy, the youngest girl, is just like, yeah. And Jan is just really locked in on this photo. And she's like, I have a twin. Scene ends. Next scene. They're at the dinner table. Everyone is a buzz about this. Everyone's there. The boys are there. The three boys. Mike, the dad. The girls. Alice is frantically, you know, bringing food to the table. Everyone is talking about Aunt Jenny. And they want to know who she is. So Carol's trying to describe her. And she's... She's just really doing her justice. And Jan pipes up and she's like, Mom, do you have a picture of Aunt Jenny? And Carol's like, duh, I could have had a V8. Yeah, I I do somewhere. And she's like, I'll find it. So next scene, maybe they're in the kitchen the next morning. Anyway, she's got a picture of Aunt Jenny. And she's like, Jan, here's a picture of Aunt Jenny. And Jan's like super excited. She runs over it to it and she takes it and she's staring at it and her face falls. And Carol's like, Jan, is something wrong? And Jan is like, this is Aunt Jenny. And Carol's like, uh, yeah, I just handed it to you. It's Aunt Jenny. And she's like, I don't want to look like her. And she runs out of the room and everyone is like, what? And so, yeah, she books up the stairs. Her little yarn bow is frantically, you know, going side to side. She's just at end scene in her room, gone. And Carol and Mike are like, what? To preference the picture. So we have a picture of the actress Imogene Coca, who plays Aunt Jenny. And she, of course, was an award-winning singer, dancer, and comic actress. And her heyday began like in the 50s. So this woman playing Aunt Jenny does the role justice, let's just say. So she's this goofy character, Aunt Jenny. And in the photo, 
She has bright red hair. She has rings on each finger. Her hands are up, sort of startled, and it's kind of a kooky shot. And uh, yeah, she's got like a psychedelic dress on, and she's just like her own person. But Jan obviously does not like this, and that's her reaction. Cut to the next scene. They're in the den. Of course, Carol and Mike have to do some damage control to fix the situation, and they call Aunt Jenny to set up a dinner. Is she going to be around? Is she going to be in town? Can she come over? So Jenny's like, oh, wow, yeah, I can. So they have this whole thing set up, and they announce to the family, Aunt Jenny's coming on Friday night for dinner. And the kids are like, yay, all except for Jan, who's disassociating on the outside of the room, just like, oh, okay. And so next scene, we have knock, knock. Mike answers the door. It's Aunt Jenny. She rolls in like thunder. She comes down the stairs, floating into the living room, spinning around. She's like, bit, 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 to everybody, sort of, you know, pinching their cheeks and hugging them. And she's like, hello, hello. And everyone's like, Aunt Jenny. And they're so excited, except for Jan. Cut to Jan. Again, let's just talk about Jan for a second. She's the middle girl. No offense to middle kids, but she's cranky a lot. She's always wondering who she is and where she is and where she's going. And maybe that's good, but also her character is just miffy. She's always irritated with something. So she's off to the side, staring at everybody. And Aunt Jenny locks in on her and kind of walks over to her and puts her her face in her hands. And she says, Jan, my twin. And Jan's like, hi, Aunt Jenny. And obviously, it's it's a very cold reaction. And Carol and Mike notice this, and they're just they're not loving it at all. And Alice has the furrowed brow and the kids are just kind of all standing aside like dopes and they no one knows what's going on. Mood changes and Jan is like, Mom, Dad, can I be excused? And they're like, uh, uh, okay, Jan. And Jan just takes off again, books up the stairs, out of the room, gone. And everyone's like, weird. And Aunt Jenny catches the whiff and she's like, super cool aside from all this so she's not gonna let it bother her and she's like but she knows something's up and carol and mike are like really irritated and alice is just like oh shaking her head cut to the next scene uh it is time for dinner and so everyone's getting prepared and jan is at the stop the top of the stairs looking down into the living room seeing all the preparation and aunt jenny decides that she wants to sit in a big circle on the floor and have sake like she did in Japan, which was her last big trip. And she wanted to share the stories of the culture. And everyone was like, yeah, absolutely. So everyone's laughing and carrying on. And Jan, I think, comes like into the room and joins everybody. And everyone's laughing and having fun. And Jan's really joining in and noticing how amazing Aunt Jenny is. Now, cut to me the kid watching the show, right? I'm probably like, I don't know how old I am when I'm watching this, but I can kind of remember the feeling. And I'm thinking at the time, wow, I want to be Aunt Jenny for sure. 100%. I already know right now when I get to be an adult, that's going to be me. I'm going to be cool beans like her. I'm going to do what I want when I want. I'm going to be spiritual and artistic and amazing. And I'm going to be loud and have fun as opposed to being 
super in the box, kind of mainstream, kind of boring, kind of whatever. So cut back to the scene. Jan is kind of warming up to the whole thing. And later on in the scene, there's a moment where Aunt Jenny comes over and she's just kind of whatever. And Jan is like, Aunt Jenny, can I talk to you? And Jenny's like, sure. And she's like, I just want to say I'm really sorry for how I acted. And Aunt Jenny doesn't even like really want to talk about it. She kind of sweeps it under the rug. She mulls it over. She's like, that's okay, kid. And she like hugs her and she's like, don't worry about it. And uh, she's like, okay. They have a moment and Aunt Jenny sort of knows what the scoops are, but we're not really sure why, you know, she shaded Jenny so badly, but we know why. Like she just kind of didn't like the way she looked or whatever. And so again, cut to me as this kid who is a very aware person at the place that she is as a kid in this life, right? And I know that in my life, there are people that are accepted and there are people that aren't. And somewhere in this whole place of the world, there's kind of a pecking order. And I'm not really sure what the pecking order is, but I know in my mind that I will always be myself and I will always accept people for who they are no matter what. Like I kind of knew that, like that was my deal. Even though this was just grazing the surface of appreciating someone else's big personality, really, I took it, I took it to mean so many things. Like, I just wanted to be very accepting and aware of the world around me because I was trying to pull in the thoughts of experiences that I wanted to have as an adult. And I knew that if I kept my world really small and tight and like not expansive, I wouldn't call in the experiences that Aunt Jenny seemed to share and that were out there in this bigger world that was just directly in front of the Brady kids at the at the time. So I kind of was gathering that, yeah, this meant something to me. That's why this episode stuck with me. And then and seeing Jenny leave, she's like, bye, everybody. And then she just kind of levitates out of the room. She's gone. And everyone's like, Aunt Jenny's amazing. Oh my gosh. And Jan's like, yeah. Next scene, we have Carol and Mike the next day on the couch, just kind of hanging out. Mike's reading the paper. Carol's knitting. And in walks Jan. And they're like, hi, Jan. And Jan is like, hi, mom and dad. And of course, they don't really know what to expect from Jan. Could be anything. They're just like, something you need, Jan. And Jan is like, yeah, I just want to say I was, I'm really sorry for how I acted when Aunt Jenny was here. And I've decided that I want to be like Aunt Jenny someday. Like, I think she's super groovy and super amazing. And um, so that's what I want to do. Okay, bye. And so she leaves and they're like, okay, Jan. And they kind of look at each other like, well, mission accomplished. Like she finally understood the shite that she needed to understand. And so scene ends, end of the show, done. That stuck with me because, yeah, it's this realization that you get the choice to decide how you want to see the world, how you want to look at people, how you want to feel about yourself, where do you fall within all of that. It's a good little check-in moment. So I think that it was important too because it helped me to know that to be very complex, it's okay to be messy. It's okay to be 
random and that was the aunt jenny character but also she was really true to herself and she was really aware of everyone else's feelings at the same time bonus so yeah that is uh, a big deal to me in my life and how i view people and how i view the world so i think back then it made a big difference to me all right next tv show alice alice aired in the 70s and into the 80s It's about three waitresses, I believe in Arizona, who work at a diner called Mel's Diner, and uh, they each distinctly have three different personalities, and together they make one cornucopia of crazy. But yeah, so we have Alice, who's the main character. She's a single mom, I believe widowed. She is an interesting character, very strong personality. I could identify with her because She reminded me of my mom. She kind of just read the room and took care of business when she needed to, rallied the troops when she needed to. So that was Alice, main character. Then we have Flo, who was tall with a beehive hairdo. She snapped her gum. She had a southern drawl. And her big line in the show was, Mail, kiss my grits. And that was directed to Mel, the owner, who was uh, this very gruff guy who basically had a very one-dimensional personality, in my opinion. Not really a lot to say about Mel. He was always yelling at the ladies, and it just irritated me. So we had Mel over there in the kitchen hitting his bell for orders for the ladies to take to the tables. So, yeah. Then we have Vera, the third waitress, who was this sort of, like, skinny and quiet, kind of fearful, meek person and she was a seeker she was always kind of giving people the benefit of the doubt a little bit gullible some would say ditzy but I believe completely misunderstood so in this episode I'm bebopping between Alice and Vera locking in more on Vera's storyline here for this very reason so scene begins they're in the diner slinging hash running around doing their thing being waitresses working hard And Vera announces, hey guys, I just want to let you know, like, I met some really nice people and I'm going to go and join them and find myself and because it's the will of the universe, blah, blah, blah. And Alice is like, what? And Flo's like, Vera, you got a table. You got to go get that, um, get that order. You know, no one's really listening. And she keeps talking and suddenly Alice realizes this is kind of a big deal and she's like Vera what now and so they rally around her and she begins to proceed to really lay it out that she's going to leave her life as she knows it she's going to go along with this group of people that are very spiritually minded and they're going to go find themselves and the will of the universe is going to take them there blah 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 and so Flo and Alice are looking at each other and they're like hmm So they're like, hey, could we go meet these people? And Vera's like, sure. So I think like the next scene is they go to see where these people are hanging out and they like are worshiping a head of lettuce or something like that. And they're just like kooky. And so Alice is like, no, this isn't going to happen. And Flo's like, Vera. And Vera, what the heck? You know, and Vera's like, what? It's fine. And so Vera declares, I'm leaving no matter what, la la la. So Mel gets whiff of this and he's like, this is so weird. Like, no. And Alice being Alice says, we have to support her. If this is what she wants to do, we just have to let her know 
she's supported and we're her friends and we love her. So they go tell Vera this and Vera's like, wow, thanks. And she kind of has this moment and I have this moment as the person watching it, as the, the kid watching it, who reflects on it and says, wow, as much as I want to blow this popsicle stand where I live, uh, I have a family who loves me too. And I have people who care about me and maybe there's something to that. So cut back to the scene and Vera's packing and Mel's like, hi Vera, you want me to move a box or something? And Vera's like, yeah. And so now Vera is starting to think about this, but she carries on, she pushes on and she says, okay, everybody, thanks for like helping me get everything ready to you know, move and, uh, you know, I'm going to be leaving tomorrow morning and I'm going to meet this person in the back of the diner at 5.30. And so, yeah, so now we know this seems a little shady, a little weird, and this is probably not a great idea. So everyone is like, okay, I guess we'll see you there. And so cut to the next scene. It's the next day. It's 5.30 in the morning. It's dark. And it's, of course, the garbage cans are there in the in the shady parts of the morning. And we know that this just feels wrong. And Mel is like, whatever. And Flo is like, okay. And Alice is like, okay. And Vera has the leather coat on and the white scarf and the goggles. You know, she's ready to go. She's in her travel gear. Motorcycle is there. Vera gets in the sidecar. Person on the motorcycle is like, okay, are we ready to go? And everybody's like, bye, Vera. We love you. La la la. And the, and the Vera is like staring straight ahead. And the vibe is like, I'm ready. She's like, I'm ready to go to where the will of the universe takes me. And so they're like, okay. And so the person starts the motorcycle and they're like, bye. And they go and left behind is Vera. Cause the sidecar was not attached to the motorcycle. So yeah, she's just sitting there like a potato and everyone's like, whoa. And Mel's like, Hey, you forgot Vera. And Vera's like, no, no, forget it. And the ladies are like, Vera, Vera. And she's like, just forget it, forget it. And they're like, well, we'll try to get her back. And, and Vera's like, no, no. And they're like, why? And Vera's like, it's the will of the universe. Cut and scene. Done. Over. Episode over. Clap, clap, clap. And I turn off the TV. And that's it. That's it. And it made total sense to me. It makes sense to me all of these years later. I totally get it. I'm completely aware of that whole message beneath the schmaltzy message of the message of the storyline. And I don't know why, but I think it's probably the best lesson of discernment, right? A lot of components to that episode really could be broken down in a very clinical way. Like we have this acceptance moment where Vera wants to be accepted and understood. And we have this feeling of thinking that travel is going to be able to help us to find ourselves to just chuck everything we know and to start fresh on this new path without anything but our determination. And then you have the storyline of the people who really care about you and the things that they bring to the table. And then we have this really big melding and merging of the feelings of what it means to feel accepted within the home of your own heart. And then also in a community sort of way and to look around what is directly in front of you at the moment to really understand what, what you already do have. So it's like a big 
meaty sort of like armchair psychological moment to reflect on that. And I think that's what I was doing in that moment. And I got a lot out of it. I also want to throw out there that this episode also touched on discernment and to really touch into your intuition in a way that will be able to help you to decide what feels right in your life. That's what I got from it, at least. And so, yeah, I I really had fun sort of sharing the episodes that have stuck with me throughout my life and make sense to me on as I reflect on my spiritual path and to really understand what feels good and where to go in my life that makes sense to me. So anyway, um, I hope that was fun for you. You know, nostalgia can be a fickle friend. Sometimes it's fun to go down the path of remembering. It can be gravelly and you might not want to do it. But then if you find a, a nice place that helps you to reflect on how things used to make you feel and get in touch with that inner child, that inner you, you can really get more in touch with where you've gone and maybe where you're going now. So yeah, have fun with that. Reflect on those things for you. I hope that I gave you some food for thought on that and some spiritual food for thought. And uh, yeah, I had fun sharing these. Thanks for joining me today. I hope that you guys leave a review if you've enjoyed this episode. It really helps others find the show. Rate it also if you can. And know that I appreciate anything that you can offer simply because I really do love the content that is out there in the genre of spiritual podcasts and I'm really happy to be a part of it. So again, thank you so much. I'm very, very grateful for that. If you want to know more about me for my spiritual stuff, check out hellointeru.com. If you want to know about my art stuff, check out agiloriginal.com. Thanks guys. Talk again soon. And you know what? Make the will of the universe your very own. Put your own stamp on it and know that your own discernment and intuition is as important as anything else in this life. So yeah. All right, guys. Bye.